Hey everyone, welcome to the Refuel Team Fairchild podcast. I'm your host, Master Sergeant Barrett. Our goal with this podcast is for Team Fairchild to get to know each other, our support programs, and to increase our sense of community and development. Every episode, we will be interviewing people from around the base and learning about them and their keys to success. On this episode, we are sitting down with Master Sergeant Haas, the former career assistance advisor and the brainchild behind this whole Refueling Team Fairchild <laughs> podcast. And the current interim FSS superintendent, Master House. How's it going? Hey, man. Good. Good. Thanks for having me on. This is this is an honor. It's a little bit different being on this side of the microphone. Now I can feel a little bit of what I've put everybody else through, I guess, to this point, and what you're going to put everybody else through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely interesting to see if you start asking me questions or not. So we'll, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> Uh, so you know you've done you've done a bunch of these already, so you you know the uh, the sequence, and we're just going to go ahead and follow that. But um, what I want to do is give you a chance to tell everyone you know tell everyone your story, where you came from, how you got to the spot where you are, and, and uh, how you got here. So. Okay, thanks. Well, uh, let's see. It started off back in Iowa. Uh, my wife and I both grew up there. Didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I liked airplanes, so I could either the choices were pay for college or have somebody pay me to figure that out. And I remember getting home from work, and my dad, was, he served in Vietnam in the Air Force. So it was kind of him talking to me some of those late nights of, hey, don't see how you could really go wrong with this. And so I made the decision, got into aircraft maintenance, went through all the tech school and everything, worked on C-130s over at Milden Hall. They were a spec ops unit, so we did MC-130Ps and Hs, so it was Talon 2s and Combat Shadows. And basically, what you know, they had a very unique mission set that I got to see a lot at a very young age, and I didn't really understand the gravity of that. I thought it was, you know, as naive as I was. I was just like, oh, this is what everybody does in the Air Force, you know? Mm-hmm. And that definitely was not the case. From there, I went over to McCord, and I got to learn C-17s. Saw a whole bunch of other stuff that uh, other missions, you know, Got to experience an airlift from a different capability. From there, I had a buddy that went down to Shepherd to teach. And so he's talking to me and talking to me like, hey, you know, you should really apply for this. This is a great gig. And the joke between us, we're still really good friends, is that um, he just needed somebody to ride dirt bikes with down there. So I PCS down there and found out that um, it's really hot. And it was it was a really cool experience of seeing that part of the developmental phase. You know, obviously we all experienced tech school going through it, but mm-hmm. actually going back and being able to teach, that was pretty crazy, especially now, you know, you see some of your former students and see how they've evolved and everything. And that's kind of like, uh, I view it as being an older brother and you get to watch them kind of grow up into yeah. stuff. Cause I'm, I'm the youngest of, of three, so I don't really have that experience other right. than being an NCO and being a senior NCO. So from there, uh, I came up here to McCord, well, to Fairchild, and went over to AMXS, was working the line for a couple months, and they put me into the flight chief or section chief position. Did that for a couple of years, then worked as a pro soup expediter and pro super on the flight line, and then somehow. I was able to interview for the career advisor job, and I have no idea how I got chosen for it, but it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. 
And then coming out of that, as you took the role, we worked out another crazy experience to fill in for Chief Tomley as a FSS superintendent while she deployed and we're waiting for the senior to get back. So really cool experience with that of, you know, you have services and personnel assigned to FSS and a whole bunch of civilian personnel and getting that experience of, oh my gosh, what, uh, what, what their full breadth of responsibility is for mm-hmm. that squadron is really eye-opening. So Yeah, that's actually been a huge eye-opening thing to me as well. I did not realize all the areas on base that they touch. Yeah. And uh, yeah. have you just everything and anything they're, they're involved in. So I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it kind of gets you like, oh, my gosh, you know, because you go from all the, you know, personnel issues that you have with every, every squadron with and all the unique military mission set, but then you also have the civilian – uh, DOD civilian aspect of it and then you have okay the FSS is allowed to make money so mm-hmm. you have the business side of right, right. the Red Morgan Center you know the auto hobby shop the U Center the uh, CDC all that good stuff and I know I'm forgetting a bunch so sorry don't don't chastise me for, for that if you hear if you did not hear your name get called but it it's just crazy and it's a good experience right now in the career because trying to wrap your head around not only the military side of it, but, okay, so we all have to put this uh, Superman uniform up at some point and be, you know, back on into the public. So now you kind of get a little bit of that taste of, okay, no, we do need to think about profits, about, you know, third and fourth order of effects for decisions and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got here, I guess. So what I want to ask next is, um, and, you know, this is always kind of an interesting concept is, if you could go back and, and, and talk to your younger self or your earlier self, what are some things you would you would tell yourself or some things that you've taken away throughout your almost 21 or over 21 years? Yes, now, 21 and a half. 21 yeah. and a half years now of, of service. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, experiences and stuff. So if you can go back in time to uh, Airman, Airman Haas, what would, you, what would you say to him? You know, that's kind of a double-edged sword. At one point, as – you think about all of your experiences and you're like, okay, well, that's how I got to be where I am now. And that's how I learned all those lessons. But I would definitely try to, you know, get through to, I was probably more arrogant than I should have been. And, you know, we, I think we all, when we were younger, we, we knew everything. You couldn't tell us something we didn't know. And it'd be kind of like, Hey man, you know, take everything first off, enjoy the moment because it isn't going to last. There's all these little different chapters in life. So realize that those are going to close. So take it all in and get as much experience out of this, where you are currently at today as you can. And then be humble because guess what? You don't know everything. You have a hell of a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. So listen to everybody that you talk to today is going to have something that you can learn from if you're willing to learn from. That's, those are the two things that I, on a daily basis, you know, you kind of, at least I kind of argue in my head back and forth, you know, those voices in your head that talk stuff to you all day. Well, if I had that, possibly, you know, I could negotiate or navigate those voices and get them to shut up a little bit better Mm -hmm. than what I've learned to recently. Okay. Okay. Um, How do you define success? Huh. 
I've asked that a lot. You ask this question a lot, (laughs) and then you get asked, and you're like, "Ooh." uh, Well, um, um, (laughs) never thought to answer that one. What I would define success as would be not quitting. Hmm. I think I used to think of it as perfection, and that's something that I struggle with. Is oh my gosh, I wasn't perfect today. I'm a complete failure. No, I'm learning. I haven't completed this process yet, but I'm learning that success is more of you have the gumption and you have the fortitude to just keep going, to Mm -hmm. keep doing it, to keep trying. And through that, you get all those little, you learn all those little lessons to make you more successful than if you didn't try at all. So in saying that, what do you think has made you successful? Learning that I had a lot to learn. Learning that I had the ability to explore. You know, when I first came in, probably naturally my my mentality is to just take things at face value. I don't care who you are. When I was a young, a young guy, if you would have came up to me and said, Hey Lance, this is the deal. This is what you need to do. I didn't necessarily look for any sort, any other validation. I just trusted that what you said was 100% truth, you know, which definitely got me into trouble a lot, right. you know? And so now it's, it's kind of being more analytical about things and okay. Taking that as something to consider and then, okay, do I, what, what do I do with that information? I can't remember if that answers the question or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so what's the greatest lesson that you've learned from all the way back in the beginning to, to this point? The one that sticks out the most to me right now, so I'm not repeating what I've already told you, would be what we've already what we talked about when you were getting in the seat, is I had to learn how to actually take risks mm-hmm. in the, what my experience has been in the military is that, you know, we definitely have rules and regulations and good order and discipline for a darn good reason. However, sometimes depending upon what mission that you're doing, you know, what your environment is, there is, or there is not a chance to move around in that space. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn when I became a career advisor that I could take risks and that I wouldn't be completely, you know, nobody was going to come in and chop my head off or fire me or, you know, do any of that sort of stuff. It was, hey, you were given this this chance. Make the most out of it. Don't worry about the failure. Don't worry about trying something and it being perfect. Mm-hmm. Worry about just trying something. And so uh, once I learned that, and that took a while, that took, you know, and that was in the form of, emails that I would send out, you know, trying to get different classes started and things like that. Like, oh man, should I really send this to that person? Or am I, you know, are they going to, am I skipping a chain in command here? What am I, what am I doing? What am I trying to get done? Am I going, am I approaching all that the right way? Mm-hmm. And once I kind of got out of my way with that, my own way, and I just said, Hey, I'm trying to get stuff done for a good reason. I'm not trying to do anything malice or anything like that. So as long as I have that as my focal point that I'm trying to do good things for this program, for the base, for the, for the airmen, 
if somebody chastised me for that, okay, there's probably something else going on. Mm-hmm. So send that email, make that phone call, introduce yourself to that person is what I had to learn and ask those questions to people that you might think are not necessarily you should talk to or, you know, there's that level or that, you know, that separation there. But most people I've never, once I started doing that, I've never had a person come back and say, don't talk to me, go through this person or go through that Mm -hmm. person. They've, it's always been, what do you need? How can I help? Right. Which was incredibly reassuring, incredibly uh, useful for the growth of the program. And it just, Learning that lesson, I wish I would learn that a lot earlier in life as well to to take risks. And that kind of, you know, went over into my personal life as well as professional life. So I was able to be more comfortable with failure. I tried it. It didn't work. Okay. I'm still here. I still have a pulse. I still have a house. Nothing got on fire. Nothing got broken. Yeah. You know, nobody died. Nobody got hurt. I learned something. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, an interesting thing, what you just said too, is that as I'm listening, um, it really depends on like I think that the career field that we come from. Because yeah. in the maintenance world, I understand why everything is by the book. They you have to do things a certain way because there is a big, you know, bad yeah. things yeah. Go, things go wrong. It's it's a bad day for a lot of people. So taking risks in that community, it makes sense why it's it's like people you know yeah. um, don't necessarily do it because you you can't take the risks. Coming from the emergency management side of things, we were always kind of encouraged to take risks, try new things because at the end of the day, you know, if this way of planning doesn't work, okay, we'll just go back and replan a different way. But nobody essentially, you know, there's no planes are going to fall out of the sky. Right, right. So I'm going to put a shameless plug in for DSDs off base of what you just said and that's why I think it's great for people to step outside of their career fields. I mean you're going to go back to it and you've got to go back to that mindset of, of where you are. But it just gives you a different view of where other people are coming from sometimes yeah. when you talk to them. And it sounds like you kind of picked that up throughout the career advisor role. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a thank you for It's a shameless plug that. I just put in, but I'm going to do it anyway because DSDs, I think, are, are amazing. So Yeah, yeah, 100%. So the, the DSD thing, you're, you're going to hear people that say awesome stuff about it and possibly negative stuff about it. Mm-hmm. But regardless of... It just like anything else, what you put into it is going to be what you get out of it, yeah. right? So learning that different perspective was one hundred percent just an amazing. And you also uh, thank you for bringing it up about hey yeah, and aircraft maintenance, you probably shouldn't try to go out and reinvent the wheel. So I like to kind of categorize the Air Force into you know you have the technical, you know the bachelor's of science, and then you have the liberal arts degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, so you kind of have both of those categories in the Air Force as well. And I kind of stepped over from the the science, the very tech, hey, you have to do this. That tolerance has to be that way. That air pressure has to be that way. All this stuff has to be that way. Otherwise, the airplane is not going to be ready to go. Or, you know, you could kill somebody, right? right? Yeah. No joke. You could actually. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah. yeah. And that's, unfortunately, that's we've learned those lessons. But then I got to walk over into this liberal arts side, and it's not better or worse. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And seeing how people have operated in that jumping into the deep end was crazy. <laughs> you know, it was like, Oh my gosh, what do you mean you can do that? What do, what do you mean that, you know, it's just like in, in, in a certain manner, it's almost like going from basic training where every decision was made for you right. to 
not even going through tech school where in my day, well, back in my day, well, you know, we had a phase program. So you were giving your liberties back at a certain way. Yeah. So you just didn't go yeah. buck wild. It's almost going straight back to that, you know, getting everything back at the same time. You're like, I don't know what to do with this freedom. Right. You know, what, what do I do? What do I, I can do this. I can do that. And you kind of have to learn and explore that all on your yeah. own. And I guess to a certain extent, you could say that in some of those technical career fields that, you're given that latitude on the people management side of the house, but definitely, you know, those AFIs, those TOs, those job guides, all that stuff is, yeah, you can't really do that. Yeah. And rightfully so. For, yeah, for yeah. a reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing I find interesting is it helped. So, so coming from a non-maintenance career field, when I kind of stepped outside of my career field before this, this gig, mm-hmm. um, and I, I worked with some maintainers. I understood where they were coming from better. You know what I mean? So yeah. like it, it cause at first, you know, when you're an airman or you, and you hear some of their NCOs talk, you're like, man, they're just, they're just straight by the book. And, but then once you kind of get to know why you go, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And I definitely agree with that now. And it just, it just helps you interact with people better. I, I think so. I, I think that's pretty interesting. So I just, I just wanted to kind of dive into that since it was brought up. Absolutely. So. I mean, it like also kind of goes into the thing. I just got done doing a four lenses class mm-hmm. and it's that same same exact thing of if you can understand, if you have the emotional intelligence to understand that, okay, this person is acting a certain way and it might, it might rub you the wrong way, but peeling back that, why Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, 90% of people aren't waking up every day saying, how can I ruin somebody's life? How can I make it miserable for them? What they are trying to think of, at least from my perspective is people are trying to wake up and say, how can I make it through the day? How can I do good mm-hmm. or at least do my job, you know, and have fun or be positive or yeah. at least you're not trying to be negative, you know? So if you wake up like that and you put yourself into their shoes of, okay, if I ask questions and try to understand this person's perspective, you're probably going to get a lot further than if you take your feelings of, well, that person was just, man, they're, they're just completely a robot. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can never, I'm not going to talk to them because they're just, they're standoffish. Well, maybe ask why. Hey, you know, get to know that person a little bit. Right. And, and then you're going to get, well, maybe they were a TI. Maybe they, whatever their job was, they had to be that way. I don't know. Just an interesting perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we just got, you know, in discussion of learning, because I always like to ask people this, and I, I like that you have, you have this question on here too. Is what are what are you learning now? I know you're just about wrapping up your master's degree, yeah. which is awesome, by the way. Congratulations! Thanks. Um, and so, I'm sure you were learning a lot through that program. Uh, so, if you want to dive into what you were learning there, and maybe if you were kind of maybe learn reading some other books on the side, or maybe you have, you know, what are you going to kind of take on next after you finish this program? Yeah, yeah. So, I got a bachelor's a long a while ago in organizational leadership. So I, the idea of leading people fascinated me and why people do different things, Mm -hmm. not in a psychology set setting, because I didn't think that I had the brain power to go into the psychology part of it, but from a leadership thing of being able to influence in a positive way, people to uh, perform in in a certain manner that fascinated me. And then getting close to retirement, possibly I was like, okay, well I need to get a different, I need to, you know, take advantage of Air Force's free money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I need to get a degree. I had a buddy who was 
doing the project management thing, and then I found a degree that fit that. So I've learned a lot about how to break different tasks up into sizable chunks and categories so that way I could manage and accomplish things better because I can get overwhelmed. Like if I look at something, I'm like, there, how am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, but if I look at, Oh, well, okay, well let me, what's step one, you know, what's step two, what's step three. And then kind of go down that road It makes it a little bit easier. So I kind of learned that part from the degree in my normal routine. I try to learn stuff, whether it's through just talking to people like from these podcasts, I've learned just being able to pick everybody's brain. I've learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot. So sometimes on my drive in and you know, I, I can only listen to so much music and hear those same songs right. all the time. So I, the podcasts I listen to are like the Jocko podcast. He has a lot about leadership yeah. and I hear a lot of crazy stories about, he does book reviews about war uh, experiences. Mm-hmm. So hearing a lot of those perspectives is very interesting. I just, was finishing up one about uh, he reviewed some memos or something like that that Patton did. Mm. And, wow. Yeah, he cusses a lot for sure. Patton, not Jocko. But um, he definitely had a lot of good points. But I also like to listen to, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson's got mm-hmm. a, a podcast. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I'm trying. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably think of it in a second. I listen yeah. to those a But, like, stuff like that fascinates me because, again, I don't have the brain power to necessarily be – an astrophysicist so i it's sounds weird but on my way to work i listen to a lot of that mm-hmm. because i it really gets my mind activated because i got about a 40 minute 45 minute commute yeah so i'll listen to this stuff that i'm like they're talking about like the origins of the universe about string theory about four dimensions and just stuff that you're like how how what how, how do you even think how do you wrap your head around that oh yeah so this is like six o'clock in the morning and I'm like, okay, all right. So it's just like kind of gets me going for the day, even though I, I can't necessarily comprehend much of it. It still is something to, to think about. And then the final one that I listen to is, um, the Spartan podcast, Spartan up. Too, yeah. and it's, they interview people and that's actually where this podcast, the idea for this podcast came from. Okay. Don't worry. I didn't copyright it. I just kind of took some ideas from a bunch of different stuff. So Joe DeSena, please don't sue me. Uh, But he interviewed a bunch of like CEOs and people that have been successful and, you know, athletes and stuff like that. But he also expanded that to having these little bite-sized, like Mm three-minute fuel-ups, if you will, throughout the week of different things. And it was just kind of stuff to to think about throughout the day. So that's the stuff that, I, I mean, I'm trying to learn. And it's just, I mean, that's really all over the place. I'm not really a going through a book or anything like that yet. I have mm-hmm. several books that I want to start learning, but after this degree is done, then I have a certification that I got to study for that's in line with this degree. Right. And then at that point, maybe I'll start to be able to actually read, you know, <laughs> self-development books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot. Of, yeah. I'm sure you're very busy with the, with this one. So interesting. Have you ever watched the, the Cosmos, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the remake they did of it? Oh, no. I, well, I saw like a couple of them, mm-hmm. but I do need to check those out because that was on Fox, wasn't it? Or something uh, like that? I think, I, I want to say I watched it on Hulu or Netflix. 
Okay. But uh, I was I, I'm with you. I listened to his podcast, and he's got a book out. Neil deGrasse Tyson does too, called Astrophysicist for People in a Hurry. Yeah, yeah. It was a little over my head, so I don't know who who he was writing it for. But the, the <laughs> cosmos, though, I'm with you. Just when he takes you through kind of how like um, Isaac Newton just started, you know, discovered gravity, and then kind of started using light to look at things from you know you know from space or whatever. It just blew my mind as to how I, I would never even. Have I would never yeah. think of anything like that, but just how smart some people are. Yeah, it's, it, but I understand what you're saying. It, it kind of just gets your brain going, even yeah. if you don't really understand what they're talking about. But yeah, it's it's interesting stuff yeah. for sure. Star Talk, that's his. Podcast. Yes, that's yeah, right. Star Talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely interesting to listen oh, to. Exploration's also a good one, and that's okay. got uh, Doctor Kaku. He's yeah, I won't look it up, but <laughs> he's another. Famous physicist, uh, astrophysicist. He's a Asian dude, white hair. You probably oh, seen him yeah, on yeah, TV. Oh yeah, okay, no, yeah, okay, yeah. I want to say Ichiro Kaku, but I know that's not right. I think so, I know you're sorry about. for butchering that name. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. yeah, interesting. We know you're reading a bunch of project management books, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so throughout your career, what what resources have you used to you know enhance your own professional development? And then I want to tack on another question to this is. Once you became the career advisor, what did you learn was out there that maybe you didn't know before? You wished you had known okay. about as a staff or a tech or even a, an airman or even a, a young master too. Okay. So the resources getting up to that point was a lot of what is mandated by the Air Force. So mm-hmm. ALS, NCOA, I, you know, going through the bachelor's degree, that kind of, that was in my, I got that done when I was a young tech, I guess. So... That sort of stuff, as well as just mentoring, you know, BSing with with the old guys and girls that, you know, have been there, done that, and mm-hmm. just trying to pick their brains. Not a very structured way to do it, but it was kind of one of those just-in-time type training things right. of, hey, I'm a young supervisor. I got, you know, this person doing this. Let me go to my flight chief and, hey, um, what would you do in this situation? And then we talk about it, mm-hmm. and then I would go and execute. So it was kind of... That's how I went up until I got into the seat as a career advisor. Once I got into the seat as a career advisor, that's where this whole thing just kind of went into overdrive. Mm-hmm. So the John Maxwell stuff, learning all those uh, classes were available. That helped out a lot. And then sitting down with Craig Johnson and doing that, a 10-week course mm-hmm. of that, that got me really introspectively thinking about why do I make the decisions I do? Is it right? Is it wrong? And it really kind of helped me wrangle those those voices and use them to my advantage versus to a detriment that they can be if you if you will allow that to happen. So I guess that's kind of where I got into listening to podcasts a lot as well mm-hmm. because I was just trying to given that responsibility of hey you know you're kind of the key the key dude for professional development for the base, it was, okay, well, I'm going to try to figure out, pull from as many different sources as I can and at least give it a good skim over to see if it's something that I can incorporate or not. Right. You know. What motivates or drives you? I mean, finishing up a master's program, which most people don't even do 
and then you're on top of that, you're you know a military member who works a full time job, mm-hmm. and you're married as well. And I know you have uh, horses as well, which are a big part of, of your daily tasks and everything. So that takes a lot of motivation and drive to finish those types of pro- you know tasks or, or goals. So how do, how do you how do you get through that? Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't say Jenny, my wife, she's pretty much does all the the horses stuff. So I can't take any credit for that. <laughs> She'd be mad if I didn't mention that. No, I'm kidding. She'd be okay. Uh, the, what I always joke and say first is I don't want to be homeless, right? <laughs> so when I retire, good, I don't want to be, reason, you know, yeah. that's, but it, it's just, a. it's going to sound super cheesy, but there's a portion of me that's like, okay, so we have this, this time, you know, and it's very limited. I definitely have a part of me that wants to be lazy and just do stuff that I want to do and, you know, not worry about anybody else besides just what I want to do to have fun or grow or whatever. But the motivation, it comes from, okay, we have a limited time in this job. And I know that because I've seen so many of those little chapters in life kind of open and close, Mm -hmm. I know that my time to be part of something really big is limited in this capacity anyway mm-hmm. and that could happen in my in my retirement and whatever that next job is but i don't know that for sure but what i do know is that i have the opportunity now mm-hmm. to uh, if if anything else not necessarily be the you know i don't the the go-to person or you know be the the guy that everybody hey seek out my advice okay i i can't decide that but what i can at least be is show up to work every day and try to be happy. Mm-hmm. And if I'm happy, if I'm trying to at least provide, when somebody asks me a question or when I have a task that I need to do myself, either provide that person with a positive experience or when I'm the one doing the task to accomplish it to the best of my ability so that program or that whatever does good for whatever whatever it's impacting, Mm -hmm. you know? So if I can at least take care of those two things, that's a, that's a win. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we all have just, like I said, that limited time and whether we actually end up being remembered or not, can't figure that out, but you can be a good person. And if you're a good person, maybe you're making a difference. That's kind of a weird rainbowy soapbox, but (laughs) there you go. No. Well, we blew these questions pretty quick. Yeah. So uh, that's okay, though. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll come come to the, the last one here. And um, to give your listeners three takeaways just from maybe what we just talked about or throughout your career or all your experiences, what would three takeaways that you would if you, if you tell people to tell people about your three takeaways, I guess? The first one, and I, I kind of touched on it, but get – Get comfortable with who you are and what you have to offer. You have, in my personal opinion, that has to be at the, the first thing that you do. If you get, to, and that's not to mean a static thing, but if you get to be like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really good at doing this, but I really suck at doing this other thing. That's okay. Get comfortable with, where you are and what you bring to the team mm-hmm. first. Once you're once you're there and you're like, okay, I then you know that you you add value. Then you then there's no imposter syndrome or there's no oh my gosh, I'm 
I'm among these people and, and I, you know, what, what do I have, have to offer? Cause that's some negative stuff, mm-hmm. right? So if you know that, no, I, I do have something to offer. I do, I can contribute, figure out what that is, play to your strengths, you know? So that's the first one. The second one would be take those risks when applicable. Mm-hmm. You don't grow without taking risks. So whatever it is, whether, you know, for me, going to school sucked, you know, and it was a risk that I, it, it intimidated me. And there was plenty of times that I'm like, mm, I don't know about doing this. I really, I would rather just not do this. I'd rather be comfortable. Well, comfortable is kind of the enemy, mm-hmm. right? So if you take a risk, you're getting outside of your comfort zone. You're, there's a chance for failure. Okay, great. How can you ask for better? If I sign up for this for a for a race, let's say I'm I'm I want to run a marathon. Am I going to finish it? I don't know. Maybe maybe not. It's a risk. If I, you know, when when Chief Tomley asked me, hey, would you want to fill in while I'm while I'm gone? I'm not a personnelist. I'm not a services person. Is there a risk there? Yeah, absolutely. But sure. Okay. Yeah. Trust that there's going to be people around you that are, you know, going to help give you your left and right. And then you can kind of weave in there and, and check it out and, and try stuff. And that's, that's how you get to a meaningful life, I think. And I'm not saying I'm there. Okay. So don't, don't interpret it as that, but I'm trying for that. So I got, get comfortable with yourself, risks. I think the third one is kind of in that same same light, but I've, I was uh, listening to David Goggins this morning, so forgive Another me. Another awesome person, but, by the way. Yeah, if, if you have a chance, okay, so he swears a lot. Yes, he but does. But his underlying theme is, you know, no excuses, get after it, mm-hmm. tr- do, the, do the tough stuff. It's kind of in, in line with that of uh, try for – Try for the whatever you think you can achieve. That's the baseline, mm-hmm. not the ceiling. So go for whatever you think greatness is, and then maybe multiply that by two. Because what's the worst that happens? You fail. All right, but you sure learned a heck of a lot if mm-hmm. you tried that big. You know, and for me, that's a constant battle. Like for when I I tried skiing a couple years ago. To me, that was monumental because it scared the crap out of me. Mm. All right, signing up for the master's degree scared the crap out of me. You know, being a supervisor for the first time scared the crap out of me. Kids scared the crap out of me too, but we're not going to have kids because that's <laughs> that's too much. That's yeah, you gotta know your limits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just you gotta. If you, if you want something that, you know, I'd hate to be 85, 90 years old and look back and coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather get to that point in life and think, holy crap, I did that. I did that. This is awesome. And then maybe share it with somebody like nieces and nephews. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, um, as I'm, as I'm hearing you talk. In the military, we forget to stop around and take some time to stop and look around and go, wow, I'm yeah. doing a lot of stuff, you know, because um, everyone's doing a lot of stuff, so it seems normal. But then when you kind of compare yourself up against people who were never in the military, 
or don't work for the military even as a civilian because even civilians do a lot of just a lot you know yeah you, you realize how how you know how much you actually do do or have done and, and but yeah I, I, I like I like that that third one's a good one um, I heard um, somebody tell me one time you know like what you just said I don't think it might have been David Goggins it might have been his book I don't remember but where you know yes what you think you can achieve is your baseline and then shoot for your ultimate goal and you if you fall short it'll be just short of your ultimate goal which is still higher than your baseline so you're, you know and I was like that's a good way to look at it so yeah I like that third one that's a good one yeah it's you but again though enjoy where you're at yes right and yeah for for sure you gotta you gotta shoot shoot for everything but man we all have we've talked about this before offline but every single person in the military or in life i guess you know we all have these crazy experiences Mm -hmm. you know so i used to think like i was saying at the beginning that every you know Everybody watched people that don't exist go into countries and do crazy stuff. Oh, maybe not everybody does that, but they have this crazy experience that I'm never going to have, mm-hmm. you know. And it's showing that respect on the on the civilian side or in the military side. We, you know, the person to me, okay, what is it a crazy experience to go to a job, to be in the town that you grew up in, to go to a job that you've had for forty years, fifty years, sixty years. And know everybody in that town. That's crazy. And the the benefits from that are amazing. But just as amazing are the military side that moves around every two or three years. Or mm-hmm. civilian side that moves around every two or mm-hmm. three years. And has a huge bandwidth that they could probably travel around the world and sleep on a couch with some, one of their friends everywhere. Right. You know. Both of those have very, you know, validity and, and some great, great aspects to it. And just... Knowing that you're in a special spot, whether it's a good spot or a bad spot, you know, because I remember, you know, personally and professionally going through really tough times that I'm like, how is this going to pass? I don't see an end in this and this sucks. But knowing that whether it's good or bad, it is going to end. So figure out what you're in, what what you can learn from it and enjoy it. If, If it's a good time, enjoy it. You know, and for the last few years, I had a really, really good time, you know. Yeah, good. You definitely got me excited about taking this over. Uh, that's for sure. So, all right. Do you have any, any parting shots, any last things you want to say? Just thanks. You know, um, starting off this podcast, I didn't know what was going to happen with it. And I can't remember how many we've done that have been published at this particular moment in time. But maybe 10 or 15, something like that. Something and like I'm excited that. for where you're going to take not only – the podcast thing, but also just the program, you know, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk on here and I'm excited for you to see how it's going to, how it's going to go and learn from what you're doing, you know? Excellent. Well, I just want to say thanks. Um, you definitely set a really good, um, bar for me because it's been, I, it, well, I'm still new at this. It's only two months in, but so far I feel like it's been a fairly smooth transition uh, because of everything that was set up by you, but also you did set a, a good bar for me to, to shoot for with everything. So that's um, the baseline, man. Yeah, <laughs> but, but no, but I mean, like it wasn't. I'm just, it was I'm like, mean, it was I'm not like meaning a pretty that high <laughs> baseline, so that way now I, I have I have to just take it further from here, and then I'm hoping that the person who comes in after me takes what I'm doing and goes even further with it. 
Um, but I definitely want to say thank you for, for that as well. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate All right. Well, it. thanks, Sergeant House, for sitting down with us uh, and for giving us some of your time. And, and uh, you definitely um, made an impact on a lot of people's lives, I'm sure, throughout your career and especially throughout the last three years. Um, so something I think you should be proud of. So Thanks. I appreciate that. Hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully those people that impacted me know that they did and hopefully the people that I impacted, you know, it's that whole ripple effect. So. Yeah. Pay it, pay it forward. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for listening everyone until <clears throat> next time. That's it for this episode of the refuel team Fairchild podcast. I am your host, master Sergeant Ben Barrett. If you have a show idea or people you would like to hear from, contact us at refuel team Fairchild at gmail.com. <laughs>